0: Turn in your Bible to Galatians chapter 5, and uh, I want to, uh, just by way of introduction today, as we began a series that will take us maybe 10 weeks, maybe longer, it's this really a full summer emphasis, uh, and it's on the fruit of the Spirit. So turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read that momentarily, but where this uh, series was born and birth was from where we have been. We've been talking about growing God's way. How many of you know we should be growing not only physically and, and emotionally and mentally and relationally, we should be growing and maturing spiritually. Are you with me? Say amen. In fact, our little fourfold, our little, I think it's pretty profound, our fourfold purpose statement as a church family is this. We're called to gather. That's what we're doing this morning. That's what we did on Wednesday night. Did you know Wednesday night when I was cramming, uh, cooking crawfish and cramming it in my belly and hanging out and we were, that was spiritual, because we're gathering together as the family of faith read if read the book of acts they they broke bread together and in louisiana they broke crawfish together and uh man if you if you ever sit next to shannon barrios and eat crawfish it is an experience for sure uh he eats parts of that thing that i've never known were there i didn't know you could eat those parts. uh but uh, uh we're called to gather and then we're called to what grow. That's what we've been talking about. And then the third one is we're called to give. We gave our offerings, but we're not only to give our offerings, we give of ourselves and in service and sacrifice to God. And we also go, we go into all the world, just like we were praying just a few moments ago. And when, when God spoke to Isaiah, who shall I send? And Isaiah said, here am I, somebody say, here am I send me. And so that's the fourfold purpose. And so it's really important because I th- I really, all those four elements are important, but if we just gather and don't grow, we'll eventually die. Gathering is not just for the purpose of fellowship, it's for the purpose of spiritual growth. And that's really where we're, we're in endeavoring to engage you and, 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 and ignite you and, and reaffirm that, hey, spiritual growth is so very important. And all that being said, uh, it led us now to Galatians chapter 5 uh, and the fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to turn there with me and I want you to begin this this summer to just really begin to meditate on, on really the whole book of Galatians because the book of Galatians tells a story and it tells the story of a church who received Christ and was beginning to grow spiritually and they found liberty from the law. How many of you know that was the real revelation of that day and it was the revelation during, the, during Martin Luther's day? The just shall live by what? Faith, not by keeping the rules and obeying the law, but live by faith. And so Galatians is a huge book when it comes to understanding that deliverance from the letter of the law and coming into the new covenant, which is uh, we're saved through faith in the finished work of Christ. So I would encourage you to take Galatians and pick it apart and study it. And Hey, <clears throat> go go to Google. Now, how many of you know Google? You gotta be careful what you Google. Be careful a little eyes what you see. But if you study, and there's a, there's a plethora of insight from other people about this book and about the Word of God, and you chew up the meat and spit out the bones, but, but just let's begin to let go, the book of Galatians will be a real food for our soul this summer. Uh, somebody say amen. So with that in mind, I'm going to read, I wish I could read the whole uh, chapter, the whole chapter five, I don't know what time it is, but I won't, I, because it kind of fills in a little of the gaps. I'll begin in verse 16. Are you with me? Say amen. I say then, now the reason he's saying then is kind of go back and look, he's talking, the whole thing has been about, you know, don't get hung up in the law. But stay focused on the grace of God and the reason you're here and, and, and don't go backwards, move forwards. In fact, the, I have to read verse one of chapter five. He said, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage that he was talking about the legalism of the, of the law. And so, uh, so he says in verse 16, I say then walk in the spirit. Everyone say walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and they are contrary to one another. How many of you figured that out? Have <laughs> you figured that out? You know, you know, someone said one time, you know, it's like, it's like two, two dogs inside, I'll use dogs, two, two little doggies inside your heart. One's a good one, one's a bad one, and, and they're both at odds with each other, and they're fighting all the time, and which one's gonna win? And the old answer is, whatever, you, whichever one you feed. If you feed the flesh, the flesh will win. If you feed the spirit, the spirit will win. That's where Paul's getting to. He said the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and they're contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, I want to say led by the spirit. If you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the work, and that's just huge, especially for this Galatian church. You, if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the legalism of the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, Lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. He And Paul finally just quit. And he said, and, and whatever else you can think of, whatever, you know, whatever's kind of like that, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I love verse 22. Here we go. Everybody smile. But, or however, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, he's not talking about, you know, obeying the rules of the day. He's talking about the law that they had been delivered from. He said, man, this this is so far above and beyond the letter of the law that was kind of your, the Bible says, your babysitter until Jesus came along. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I say, live in the Spirit. And then verse 26, let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. And let me just go over to chapter 6, uh, verse uh, uh, oh, verse 8. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit. I Everyone say, sow to the Spirit will uh, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Father, thank you for the Word of God. And as we begin on this phase two of this growing God's way and looking at the fruit of the Spirit, may the Word of God bring much fruit in our life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Now, fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Let me make a couple of statements, kind of give you some definition. We, we read the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things, hey, they're the produce or the product of a Spirit-filled life. They're the product of living a Spirit-filled Spirit-led life. There's fruit. There's evidence. It's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what a Spirit-filled Christian looks like. That's the characteristics that are made manifest when we are yielded to living. And as I identified a few moments ago, we live in the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit and we sow to the Spirit. People who do that, that's the the, the product that is, that is made manifest in their life when you live in The Spirit. And and let me just say to you if if you're lacking in many of these areas, it's indicative of where you're and where and how you are walking through life. And it just reveals the need for us to lean heavily into and rely upon the Holy Spirit. And now I want you to know something about the fruit of the Spirit. There's nine kind of evidences that we we talked about, nine different characteristics, but, but notice something. It's not fruits of the Spirit. It's singular. Fruit of the Spirit. Now, when he talked about the works of the flesh, it's plural. The works of the flesh. There's all kinds of... But when it comes to the evidence of the Spirit-filled life and someone who is walking a Spirit-filled life, there's the singular fruit of the Spirit. Let me explain it to you this way. You don't pick and choose. It's like the cluster. When you start living the kind of life, when we start living the spirit led, spirit filled, you know, follow the spirit, led by the spirit, walk in the spirit, so do the spirit kind of lifestyle, these evidences, these nine different evidences began to be made manifest in our life. Are you with me? It's just, it's just who you are. That's what, that's what shows up. And let me just say, if it's not showing up, Paul is very clear about where we're probably living life. It's based upon a fleshly... Uh, 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 and, and let me just say, m- many believers... Try to serve the Lord on a natural level, and when I say walk in the flesh, I'm, it doesn't have to be those eh, those big it's just if you're if you're living life on a natural level and not living in the spirit, walking in the spirit, you're not going to be a, a producer of the love of God, the joy of the Lord, the peace of God. Are you with me say Amen? So it just it's in the cluster. In fact, I love what Isaiah said. I think it's Isaiah it's Isaiah 65, I think it says the new wine is found in the cluster. And I'm telling you, when we begin to walk in the spirit, live in the spirit, so do the spirit, but are led by the spirit, the evidence has, begins to grow and, and, and abound within us. And so, so understand that. it's not like uh, and, and now over the next nine weeks or so, we're going to look at them individually, but they are all a part of the cluster. I want you to see that. And, and we, we'll look at the how love should be made manifest. We'll look at joy. I'm telling you, when a spirit-filled believer ought to be the happiest guy in town. Everybody go, ha, 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 ha. Some of us walk around with a frown on our face. And we look like we've been what? Baptizing pickle juice, not baptizing the Holy Ghost, baptizing some kind of spirit, but not the Holy Spirit. When you look in Acts chapter 2, when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the joy, joy, joy was in their hearts. Amen somebody. Hallelujah. I know what I'm talking about now. It doesn't mean we don't go through things, but thank God we have the Holy Spirit with us. Because see, another manifestation is 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 endurance or patience, and all these things conspire together. Let me just go back and and, and ask you something: How many of you could use a, a greater level of love in your life? That'd be a good place. To say Amen, and and I'm going to ask it eight more times so that way you'll know the the proper response. In fact, I'll start over. We can do it at nine. How many of you could use a a, a a little more love of God in your life? How many of you could use a, a, a good more a, a great a greater level of joy in your life? How many of you could use a, a greater level of peace in your life? How many of you could use a whole lot more long suffering in your life? How many of you could use more? Let me just do it this way. How many of you, some of the people you know, could use a little more kindness in their life? How many of you know, or how many of you? I'm not getting lost here. How many of you need a little more goodness in your life? How many of you know some people who need a lot more faithfulness in their life? How about gentleness? How about self control? It's all part of the cluster. It's all part of the fruit of the Spirit that is to grow in our lives. Now, I'm going to say some impossible statements. You say, wait, Pastor, there's nothing impossible with God. But let me tell you something. When humanity gets involved, there's a lot of things impossible. And how many of you know, uh, bearing and growing in the spirit is a partnership with God, uh, and with the Holy spirit in ourselves. Let me give you some impossible statements. It's impossible to manifest the true joy of the spirit and not manifest the true love of the spirit. In other words, like I said earlier, you can't pick and choose. You say, well, I sure love Jesus with all my heart, but, uh, Not be kind towards your neighbor or not have joy in your heart. They all should be, they all are growing as a part of the cluster in our life. Some people think, well, I need to work, and let me just kind of help you. I need to work on, on being more patient. And, and sure, we can do that. But the, the bigger picture is we may need to work on being more spiritual. And let the Holy Spirit invade our world and those that nature, that fruit begins to grow on the inside of us. Have you ever tried to do something in the natural level? You know, I used to just say, fake it till you make it. You know, if you don't, if you're not happy, just play like it. And then if you just play like, you know, if you just smile and you fake it till you make it. And that's kind of true if you're, if you're seeking after God and His word and will in your life. But you can't just in the natural level exhibit any of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Are you with me? Say amen. It's impossible. Number two, it's impossible to manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit without walking, living, following, and sowing to the Spirit of God. It's impossible to manifest the fruit of the Spirit if we are always walking in the flesh. Or let me just say, walking on a natural plane. Let me just tell you, if you're trying to figure it out all here and try to live life based on what you think right here, you'll never grow spiritually. But if you began to lean upon, walk and live and abide, and that was the disciples' big hiccup. They were going, you're leaving us. What are we going to do? And he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. He's going to help you. He's going to guide you. going to lead you. He's going to comfort you. He'll always be with you. And so it's imperative we understand that. Uh, here's another one. It's, a, it's impossible to grow and be fruitful without the daily help of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to do anything productive for God and his kingdom without the daily help of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our life to be productive and for the fruit of the Spirit to grow in us. How I many of you know a lot of people want the blessings of God without the provisions necessary or the conditions necessary to receive those provisions? Oh, Jesus, I need joy. I'm so hurt and harmed and I need your joy. Give me joy. I want joy, joy in my heart. I'm broken heart and all those things. And we just think God just, hey, let me tell you something. Joy is, is not just a gift. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And it should grow. Are you with me? Say amen. Now, the Galatians, the whole book, as I said, is really a book of correction let me show he's getting them back to this understanding that i'm talking about here about how we are to live our life and be productive for him if you go to galatians 1 let me just hit you a few highlights verse 6 after he gets through the the introduction he says i marvel that you are turning away so soon from him uh who called you into the grace of christ to a different gospel they were they were being drawn away from the what how they had received the gospel back to a legalism of the day. And, and you know, I, you think how silly of them. How many of you know that's the same way it is with us? We get set free, but then we start dabbling around in that which had us bound. You can't dabble around with that which had you bound. Are you with me? Say amen. Because it'll bind you up again. That's why Paul told them, he said, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free and don't be tangled again. And so they've begun to dabble around and then he starts using some harsh language. In chapter three, oh foolish Galatians. Whoo. Man, if I, if I said that to you, if I looked, I, I've said it to a few people in a, in a more spiritual way. Uh, Well, more I would say, don't be stupid. Same thing. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He's getting them back to the reality of how they were born again. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect? Oh, there you go. Not perfect as in perfection. Are now you being made mature by the flesh? He's saying you can't grow spiritually if you're going to go back into living life on a legalistic fleshly, uh, uh, you know, uh, obey the rules kind of mindset. It's all by faith in the finished work of Christ. If you're with me, say amen. And so he's correcting them. He's trying to get them back on track. And let me just say to you today, hey, if we're gonna grow spiritually, if we're going to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, and let me just ask, how many of you, again, how many of you got some areas, uh, and really when it comes to growing spiritually, the fruit of the Spirit, you need a kickstart. We need something, uh, man, uh, we need that, uh, uh, a, a fresh infusion of the Spirit of God in our life so we can begin to experience the the. the blessings and the benefits of the fruit of the spirit in our life. If you go to Galatians five, verse seven, you ran well, who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach uh, circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. And he goes on in verse 13, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love uh, serve one another. And then he gets into the walking in the Spirit. So he's correcting them. He's bringing them back to a place of where they need to be to grow spiritually and be productive for God. That's where we all find ourselves from time to time so... Let me just give you three simple, and, and most of this is just going to be a reminder. I'm laying a foundation for you today for this summer so you can begin to grow in the things of God and begin to manifest the fruit of the Spirit in your life. I'm going to just give you three simple thoughts. Where do, where do we begin when it comes to be, being fruit bearers of the, of the, of the fruit of the Spirit in our life? Where do we begin? Well, number one, uh, we must be born again by the Spirit. You got to be born again. Everyone say you must be born again, yeah, and that's where you remember Nicodemus in John three. You remember Nicodemus came to him at night. You remember this? If you remember this, say I remember this, Pastor, and because you know it gets to John three sixteen for God so love the world. That all began with Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to him at night. Verse two, he said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is, is what? Somebody say born again. Born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the one... The Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Everyone say, born of the Spirit. So basically, he's talking about being born again. And so let me just, hey, let me not assume anything here today uh, in this audience. And, and maybe you're listening by way of Facebook today. If you want to exhibit the fruit of the spirit, if you want to grow in the things of God and begin to manifest the fruit of the spirit in your life, you got to be born again by the spirit. You can't have the fruit of the Spirit if you haven't been born again by the Spirit. You got to be born again, Nicodemus. You, you, you're, you're. In fact, let me just pause and say we're all three parts: body, soul, and what? Spirit. There's a, the Bible says there is a spirit in man. And and that's what the problem was with sin. Sin came in through Adam and what? We were all separated and our spirit died. We're body and soul. Mind, will, and emotions is our soul, kind of who we are, how God made us, but our spirit is dead and we need to be born again. And how are we born again? Through faith in the finished work of Christ. What's the finished work of Christ? Jesus Christ. God looked down and he saw the sin nature of man had separated them and they were separated and he devised a plan of redemption. Somebody say, just like a Pentecostal preacher say, redemption. He, he devised a plan of redemption whereby he sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross and pay for our sins with his own blood. He became the lamb that was slain, and three, he went into the tomb. Three days later, he rose again, so we too, the Bible says, can have newness of life. We've got to believe that he died for us, that he rose again the third day, put our trust and confidence in what he did for us, and invite him into our hearts and lives. And the Bible says, we will be born again. So where does it begin when we say we want to walk in the Spirit? You know, you can't just grit your teeth and say, I'm going to be more patient. I've heard people say, Lord, I need more patience and I need it right now. That's the whole misunderstanding. Patience and, 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 and forbearance and, and endurance begins when we are born again and we begin to live and walk in the Spirit. So where does it begin? You must be born again. It doesn't matter how many times you come to church. If you're not born again, you're not going to begin to exhibit the true fruit of the Spirit in your life. So number one, very simply, we must be born again by the Spirit of God in our life. And here's what the Holy Spirit does. Hey, when you're born again, did you know the Spirit comes and lives and abides with you? In fact, if you read John 14, if you go to John 14, verse 16 and 17, when they're all nervous about him leaving, he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to abide with you and in you forever. So when you give your life to Christ, you've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You got that down? You got that figured out? And so then the seed of God and, and and the Spirit of God is within you. And now it just needs to he he needs to be released to begin to grow and manifest himself through you. Let me give you some thoughts about the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Did you realize that? You know, until people are convicted by the Spirit of God about their life. Do you know anybody who's who's a who's you know we're all natural born sinners, aren't we? How many are natural anybody here a natural born sinner? Just comes natural. Did anybody have, ever teach you how to hit your sister? No. Uh, kick the cat? No, it's just natural. We're natural born sinners. Uh, and so that's why we need to be born again and be cleansed from our sin. But if you ever met anyone who's a sinner and who looks at their sin and doesn't has no conviction about it, they they don't think it's bad. They think it's okay for them, and when it's clearly uh, opposes God's will and plan for their life or or for anyone for that matter, they have no real conviction. Uh, and and what they need is the Holy Spirit to come and convict them. The, the Bible says of their sin, He'll convict you. Praise ye the Lord, Hallelujah! Even today, when you walk and when you're moving through life, how many of you can testify to this? And when temptation comes this way, all of a sudden, because you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit living within you, and you look at a temptation, something, and you say, "Ooh, I think I want to try that." Something on the inside goes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Something grieves you. It's the Spirit of God convicting us. The Holy Spirit convicts. And then number two, the Holy Spirit cleanses our life. Now, understand something. When you're born again, you're born again and wiped clean by way of the blood of Jesus. Are you with me? Say amen. But then as a believer, the Holy Spirit comes... And begins to, we, the process of what we call sanctification and the Holy Spirit is at work in that process. Titus 3 5 says, uh, it's not by works of righteousness we, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration. And, and that's the, that's where the Holy Spirit gets involved and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. We're washed by the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes along as we're born again and begins to sanctify as we walk in the spirit, live in the spirit, led by the spirit, there's this cleansing process that happens in our life. And so the Holy Spirit convicts, the Holy Spirit cleanses. And how many of you would think, "Whoo, the Holy Spirit's pretty important in my life. And number three, just as a side note, the Holy Spirit comforts in fact, John 14 talks about the Holy Spirit. He says, when he comes, the paracletos, the helper, the one brought, the comforter, the, the, the Greek is paraclete. The, he brought alongside to help us, comforts us, and, and, and walks through life with us to comfort us and guide us and direct our path. So we must be born again by the Spirit if we're going to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, it begins by being born again. Not born of the flesh, but born of the Spirit. Are you with me? Number two, we must be baptized in the Spirit. Now follow with me just and again this is this is I'm laying a foundation but if you want the fruit of the spirit in your life you just follow along with me because understand something about being born of the spirit uh, that's where that happens when you when you accept Jesus Christ and and trust in the finished work of Christ on Calvary's cross you're born again the spirit comes to live within you but what did Jesus tell his disciples now I'm leaving but you go to Jerusalem and don't leave Jerusalem read Acts 1 go to Jerusalem and and wait for the promise of the father. Don't leave town until you have received the promise of the spirit. And you know in Acts chapter 2, they were all in one accord in one place, they were praying and seeking God, and the Bible says suddenly the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and they were all baptized in the Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, and the church was born, and the church began to grow and move and began to expand and become productive for God. And by the way, the fruit of the Spirit began to be made manifest. They started loving each other. They started giving their stuff away. The joy of the Lord uh, was happy. In fact, when they went out into the streets, they heard them in their own languages speaking and marveled that they were all glorifying and magnifying God. I'm telling you, they had the joy, joy, joy in their soul because they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have, to, we could talk about this for a few weeks, but let me just, I don't think I have to say this, but listen. When you are born again, you are not baptized in the Spirit. Someone told it to me this way. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit convicted you and introduced you to Jesus. And when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, Jesus turns around and introduces you to the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? In fact, Jesus Wants to baptize us all in the Holy Spirit. There are five places in, the, in Acts where they were baptized in the Spirit. Acts 19 is one. I think it's the Ephesians, and where I, Paul or Peter, I'm pardon me, he asked them this question: Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? He was talking about disciples, talking to disciples. He's not talking about lost people. Have you received the Holy Spirit? And they said, we don't know what you're talking about. We've not heard anything about a Holy Spirit. He, he shared the word with them and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And let me just say, that's, that's his, oh, that's very necessary if we're gonna be productive for him. Are you with me? Let me just kind of flesh it out. The baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers us for service. Acts one eight, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power. Somebody say power. Somebody say power. Woo the problem with the church is the lack of power we need the baptism of the holy spirit in our life so we'll have power power to witness you'll receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth he's talking about being productive for god not just with the with the fruit of the spirit but with harvest and increase and expansion the baptism of the holy spirit equips us for service, not only empowers us, but equips us. Uh, Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit. They're just giftings to us, and it's to equip us for ministry and service in the church. How many are beginning to realize the Holy Spirit is very necessary if we're going to be productive for Him? Are you with me? The Holy Spirit not only empowers and equips us, but the Holy Spirit in us exalts Jesus through us. In fact, Jesus said this when He comes in you. He's going to always glorify me. Acts two, when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, what did the the people of the day hear them? They were all glorifying God in their own language, magnifying God in their own language. Follow them in in Acts one through six, and what were they doing? Man, they were praising and glorifying and mag, magnifying God. They were exalting the name of Jesus in their life. And let me just say, could I just say something to you today? Could have just throw something out today. I don't know where you are in life, but let me tell you something. Life is a lot better if you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and just start thanking and glorifying God in life. All those things and issues and hang-ups and hiccups, you just lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. You pray in the Spirit with the understanding also. Paul said, I don't know how to pray as all, but the Spirit prays through me. The groaning's too deep for words. We don't know how to pray, but the Spirit prays through us. My goodness gracious. There's no excuse not to bombard heaven and experience the joy and the peace of God in our life. Woo, you say, "Well, Pastor, how do you get baptized in the Holy Spirit?" Read the Bible. The Bible says, "If you ask Him for the Holy Spirit, will He, will He give you a stone? No, He give it. To, he'll give you. You got to ask. Follow the model in Acts. They waited. They prayed. They yielded. They received. Well, I'd love to have that, but I got lunch appointment." Are you with me? These people had primed the pump. They spent 40 days with the resurrected Christ. And he was ascended into heaven. And they were sitting there going with the Gomer-Powell syndrome. Anybody know the Gomer-Powell syndrome? Let me back up. Say, so Anybody even know who Gomer-Powell is? Okay, all right. If you don't know Gomer-Powell, you don't know the Gomer-Powell syndrome. Amanda's looking at me funny. I don't, Do you know Gomer-Powell? So lift your hand towards Amanda. She needs a heat. Google might help you with this too, by the way. Gomer Powell, he would go, golly. And that's the way they were when Jesus ascended into heaven. They're all standing there. We've been 40 days with the resurrected Christ. They had the Gomer Powell. This is not going out live, is it? Oh, my Lord. And the angel came and said, why are you standing there gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who you saw, hey, he's coming again one day. And they were, okay. And they snapped out of the Gomer-Powell syndrome and they realized, my goodness gracious, God has given birth to the church here. And they began to be productive and they began to reach out to their friends and neighbors and the church was born and the church began to grow. And, and, And it's because they yielded their lives to the Holy Spirit and he baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, is it for me? Well, Peter said this as he finished off his Pentecostal message. He said, this, this Holy Spirit that was poured out upon us, he's preaching it. He said, it's not only for us, but it's for you and your children and your children's children and all the people who are far off. He was just saying, Ever, which way you want to go. This is for anybody who hungers and thirsts after the things of God. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and empowered for service, equipped for ministry, and live a life of exalting Jesus. And bring forth much fruit for him. But then there's a third thought. Not only must we be born again by the Spirit and baptized in the Spirit, but we must daily walk, follow, live, and sow in the Spirit. He said, Walk in the Spirit. In other words, live out your life in the spirit. These are all interconnected, different ways to define what it means to be a spirit-filled believer. You know, it's not just if you talk in tongues, it's if you walk in the spirit. There's a lot of tongue talkers who are not walking in the spirit. Come on now, we've got a, he, what he says, if you'll just start getting in the spirit and walk. Now, this is not rocket science. We've overcomplicated this thing. In fact, uh, uh, the scripture talks about the simple gospel, the simple understanding, walking in the spirit. Uh, I'm thinking of illustrations. You know, Let me just, let's back up. How many of you know how to walk in the flesh? That comes natural. Oh yeah. How many of you, the person next to you, you know they really know how to walk in the flesh? It comes in natural. Walking in the spirit is supernatural. You get in the spirit. And let me just tell you, every morning you and I have an opportunity when we wake up, am I going to walk in the spirit or am I going to walk in the flesh? Some of you need caffeine before you walk in either one. You say, give me a cup of coffee and I'll decide. But listen, every day we have an opportunity. Am I going to walk in the Spirit? Am I going to walk in the flesh? Am I going to live my day full of the Holy Spirit? And that's what Paul understood. Hey, this is all by grace and the finished faith and in and, and the, and, and the grace of God and the finished work of Christ. You get up in the morning and say, I got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm born again. I'm going to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. I'm going to get in the Spirit. And then I'm going to start to... Walk it out. We walk in the Spirit. Listen, we've got to do that. We must walk in the Spirit. And then it says you got to be led by the Spirit. Oh, that's another big one. A lot of people think they're Spirit-filled and they're doing things. on their. Uh, they're not following the Spirit of God. You're not walking in the Spirit if you're not being led by the Spirit. And let me tell you something. The Spirit will lead you. Jesus said this in John uh, 16 and John 14. He said, you'll be led the Spirit. He will lead you into all truth. He But you've got to follow. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's the loneliest fella on the block because people are wanting all the benefits, but they're not following. You've got to live in the Spirit. You've got to walk in the Spirit. Follow after the Spirit of God. Live your life under the influence of the Holy Spirit Paul said it this way to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 5:18 he said be ye continually being filled with the spirit in other words let the flow of the spirit of God always be uh, being made manifest in your life it's a it's a it, it's a partnership and then when you get over to Galatians 6 he says so to the Spirit if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap spiritual things. Sow to the Spirit. How I many of you know that's a cultivation thing? Well, do I have to pray every day? Do I, have to, do I have to read my Bible all the time? Do I have to go to church all the time? Can't I do what I want to do? It's that selfish mindset. Listen, if you want to be happy, if you want the joy of the Lord, if you want forbearance and patience and kindness and gentleness and all the fruit of the spirit that is that that just begins to grow in your life, you gotta to sow to the spirit. How do you do that? Oh, there's all kinds of man, get up in the morning. Hallelujah. This is not rocket science. And let me just I'm gonna make a bold statement if we'll just be born again in the Spirit, if we'll just let the Spirit of God, Jesus baptize us in the Holy Spirit, if we'll get, begin to get up every day and begin to walk in the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, follow after and live in the Spirit and sow to the Spirit of God in our life, things, things will begin to radically change in your life. I'm not. Ta- I'm, I'm telling you, fruit will begin to grow, and it'll begin to grow immediately. The joy will begin to be made manifest. The peace will begin to be made manifest. The, the, the love of God will be, begin to be made manifest. The forbearance, the, the, the long-suffering, the faithfulness, the goodness, the gentleness, the self-control, which, by the way, I, I'd love to start right there because it's not as it says, I can control myself. It's a whole different thought. It's the ability to appropriate the strength of God in your life at any given moment, any given time, any given circumstance, under any given temptation. I'm telling you, man, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is, is invaluable in our life if we're going to be productive for Him. So where does it all begin? When we call, talk about the fruit of the Spirit, it begins by being born again of the Spirit. By being baptized in the Spirit. By choosing to cooperate with the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and and follow after the Spirit and be led by the Spirit and live in the Spirit and sow to the Spirit. And let me throw this, pray in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up together. As we stand today, I just want to provide opportunity for you or whoever may be listening to us by way of Facebook or may listen to us later in the day. Jesus said to Nicodemus, as he says to all humanity, you must be born again. You've got to be born of the Spirit. You see, if you've not accepted Christ into your heart and said, Lord, I believe that you died for me on a cross. I believe that you were buried in a borrowed tomb and I believe that you rose again the third day. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's why I came. Remember, we were in a mess and he redeemed us with his own blood. So let's bow our heads before God today. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, if you're listening to me today by way of Facebook or however you hear this, this voice today, if you'll be honest with yourself and ask you, have I been born again, born from above, born of the Spirit? Have I allowed Jesus Christ to breathe into my soul the breath of life? If you've got a question mark there about your eternity today, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart he said behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I'll come into him sup with him and he with me if you're here today and you say pastor I need to be born again just be honest I I don't know if I've ever been born again pray with me I I want Jesus abiding in my heart if that's you today wherever you are lift your hand wherever you are anyone here today If you're listening today by way of Facebook, listen, all you have to do is pray with me out of sincerity of your heart. I want everyone here to pray in case there's someone here, even though you may not have lifted your hand, I want to pray with us all today. If you need to be born again, pray this prayer out of sincerity of your heart to God. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross, for paying for my sin with your own blood. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for rising from the dead on the third day. I believe you did all that for me. I put my trust in you. And I invite you to be the Lord and the leader of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer out of the sincerity of heart, you know what happened? You got born again. How many of you here today have been born again? Say amen. Woo! Number two, we need to be baptized in the Spirit. And though today, hey, let's just all, Lord, whoever may be here or listening to me today who has not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, may this be the beginning where you begin to work in their life and they find themselves at a place, whether it's here, at home, at the workplace, in the prayer closet, baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Give us power to serve you and witness for you. Grace us with gifts to minister in your behalf. Lord, we choose to live, walk, serve, pray, and sow to the things of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. So begins our summer journey. Growing in God and manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. This week, this month, let's digest the book of Galatians. Let's, let's search out and seek out. Let's be good Bereans and go to the Word to make sure Pastor Sam's on track. Let's dig in and so the fruit can begin to be made manifest. Listen, your neighbors will appreciate it. Your work associates will appreciate it. Your mother will appreciate it. Your father will appreciate it. Your children, for goodness sake, will appreciate it. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for being here. Hey, we'll see you next Sunday right here at Church on the Rock North. God bless.